Hi there, you're listening to Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. I'm here in my kitchen, and my guest today is the lovely and talented Debbie Praver. Do you like Debbie or Deb Ruff? Because I, I know for comedy, you're one and I the know. other. I think I'm Debbie, because I think, I think, I don't know why that's funnier. Okay. Deborah sounds very formal. Yeah. At least it's not Deborah. That's it even the most. Is, but it I is? mean, that is how it's spelled. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Jew, so it has. I have to have the H. Okay, you have to. So I, it's part of the. It's in the rules. You it's, can't like Deborah. That's like D E B R A. That's like Ray's wife on Everybody Loves Raymond. That's right. Yeah. So you're Debbie Praver. Yeah, I am. And you are a comedian. I am. And you also teach group fitness classes, which I is do. how we fell in love. <laughs> that is. Back in the day at Crunch, you used to teach my favorite spinning class. I did. And I loved you because you were really funny. And also you were, and also you had great music. Occasionally really retro Partridge Family stuff. I retroed today in my class so hard. And like, remember people used to complain over Crunch on Sunday? They always complain because you talk too much and you played retro music. And I was always like... I love how she talks, and I love right. her. Everything but I love, people remember, complain about. Were there, remember the old couple, like the woman looked like oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. cello? Yeah. She's probably still there. She's 100. But she, remember she used to, she would write the, she said, I really like the class, but her music is better suited for a backyard barbecue. <laughs> barbecue. Do you remember that? No. Oh, it just sticks. And they hated me so much, but they would still, remember the old couple, and they would, They'd always come, but then I would see them like just out driving, and I'd always like honk and wave to them, knowing yeah. they hated me, just like to annoy them. They're like, hi. Right. So the next time they're ready to write a comment, they're like, she did wave at us. Oh. Maybe I won't just... say she's. And it's from not like they ever sweat. I don't even know why they were in my class. They could have yeah. been anywhere. They could have been on any machine in any part of the gym. Yeah. I want to discuss gym weirdos with you, but oh. I think we can get to that a little later <laughs> oh, in the podcast. My God, that could be four hours. Yeah, because there's certain types. There's like the archetypes. Oh. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but um, then I remember you were, would be really funny in class, and I remember you talking about, I'm going to do comedy, I want to start doing comedy, no. and then you fucking did it, and it's taken you like to different places around the world, and, and you're great at it. But I remember you, you're somebody that was like, I think I'm going to do this, and then you did it. And I remember thinking, that's really cool. Yeah, well, I was I, a while back, I was going to do it. You know, every, one of those people like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then I had that little bout with cancer that kind of stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, okay, I'm really going to do this. And then I got all sidetracked with the fitness stuff because there were so many fat people that they were such an industry brewing yeah. in group fitness. And yeah. I just kept getting sidetracked. And then finally in that class, I, it was you and then Del Shores and like a lot of funny people in class who finally said, you need to just do this. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein we yes, used to Jeffrey go. Epstein. I saw him the other day. Oh, I haven't seen Jeffrey and do you, So do you think that class was instrumental? That, it absolutely was because... Because you guys were so, like, I had so much fun in there. Do you, oh, do you remember when we used to talk about um, Allie McBeal? Like, yes. Because it used to be on Monday nights, and then every Tuesday, we would get, we'd get on the bike. Allie McFucking Beal. And we'd get on the bikes, and we'd start talking about it. And do you remember there was the one yes. episode? Remember about the hot guy. The hot guy, and I was like, talking about the hot guy and how they'd implied that he had a giant wiener. Yeah. And remember, and you He guys, was posing for a life drawing class, and he was yeah. like a soap stud. Yeah. That was doing... So, you know, it was network, so they couldn't, like, show anything, but they just kept, like, you know, showed him, like, drop his, his robe or his towel or whatever, and then there was... Who's Allie's roommate? Remember, remember the black girl. Yeah, I can't remember her it's name. It's always that black girl. Yeah, they never, exactly. they never have names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was like that skinny girl who never eats Allie, and, and then, then the and black the, girl and friend, the, and the dancing baby. Yeah. So, so he dropped the robe, and then they, you know, all the, the all the cut two shots of the of the they're looking around like, oh, geez, look at that. Yeah. And so 
I, we used to always come in and go, who watched it? And we would talk about the show. And you guys got really quiet. And I, don't, was it, I think it was you who was like doing the head nod, like Lassie, like, what's that? He fell in the well. And I was like, and I kept talking. You guys were looking at me like, shut up. I'm like, what? And then finally I was like, he's right there. The guy. <laughs> the guy was right there. The guy. And this was before the, the spinning room was enclosed over there. So yeah. it was more open. It was like 75 bikes. <laughs> and he was like working out. And then I just... It was this horrible, awkward pause because there was no taking it back. All the stuff that I said, I just said, well, <laughs> is it true? <laughs> Remember that? I want to know his name. I, his I name was Glenn. Oh, okay. Because I talked to him afterwards and I just said, I'm so sorry. I hope you weren't embarrassed. But I, I had nowhere, I had to keep going with that. I couldn't let it go. But he, this is so crazy. I think about that story every time I get a manicure and here's why <laughs> okay I mean literally every time because this nail place I go to always has their televisions on ABC right and he's on a soap opera I don't know which one probably General Hospital they only there's only like one left oh okay if so it's ABC so, and, and I always kind of get my nails done like around 1230 yeah. it seems and he's always on it yeah and I always giggle to myself and think oh I embarrassed the shit out of that guy yeah yeah, because it was really, in crunch, it's horrible for people to think you have a huge cock. It's a kiss of death. <laughs> well, doesn't work, doesn't go over well at all with that crowd. No, just like, hi, I'm just, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, it's just. And, but we were all like, ooh, we were all a little titillated by it. Yeah, but everyone's kind of looking at me like, now what are you going to do? And that's why I was yeah. like, well, is it true? Yeah. That Such was a great moment. So when, what was it from that class that when you were like, all right, I'm going to go to an open mic night or I'm going to go to this or what were the next steps that you took? Well, there's a couple things. It, it, I'll try to read his digest for you. But it was everyone in that class and just all my fantastic gay friends who would just like, God, you really need to do this. Right. There, there was, I had some material from before from a couple of other friends who were writers. But then there was, um, remember I had that hor big, horrible breakup during that class of the guy who slept with the chick in my bed? Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I had some dark moments, really dark. Yeah. Like, I used to go you would save them for the climbs. You would when save the I, long stories for I the would, climbs. I, um, They're not really a, this isn't really a sprint story. No, it's not. <laughs> There's, yeah, you have to just sort of dig in and cry. <laughs> so, I mean, there were I was such a dark period. But uh, it was sort of an F you to that whole thing of like, God, what am I doing? Like, I really have to like do, I got to do this. Right. And it was the, like you taking responsibility for your own life yeah. in a lot of different ways. Yeah, it's sort of my coping mechanism. You know, yeah. as a as a Jew, you sort of it's humor or or death. Right. <laughs> so so it was that plus this guy, I hope he's not ever listening, but this guy's sister had fancied herself to be funny. And she had taken um, some stupid stand up class by some out of work stand up. Right. And she had a little showcase. And I, and I had done open mic, so we, but we, I was like, I hate her, and she's not going to be funnier than me. She, there's no way. So it was kind of like a competition. You're thing. like, I'll show her. And then, then I went to like an open mic out. In the, remember when the improv used to have a club in Santa Monica? Mm -hmm. I did an open mic there, and I didn't realize that by signing up for open mic, like out of the hundreds of people that would go, they would choose people then to be in new faces or to do a showcase, and then out of the showcase would be then, you know... more Possibly more opportunities. Yes. Yeah, like and regular, a, a gig at the improv yes. or whatever. Okay. And sh she and I both got chosen. For new faces. No, for the showcase. For the showcase. And that was game fucking on <clears throat> for me. 
Because I was because like, sticking it to her is sticking it to him in a way. Well, it, at that point we were that I think at that point we we're still together. It's fuzzy because yeah. I don't care that much about it anymore. Yeah, I can't remember if we were together or not. But either way, it was a big f you to her. Yeah, and she but had it coming. I'm say I won. She's like a I don't know what she's doing now. I don't. So care. you won the whole thing. I won the. Well, I I got chosen then to be a new face. Yeah, and she didn't. But I remember, I remember sitting on a Reebok step getting the phone call in my apartment. And then First said, of all, the Reebok step is right, amazing. I know. So I was sitting in my apartment and the phone rang and said, Hi, it's, a, it's Mark Lana from the Improv. We'd like to be part of our new faces. And I was like jumping off the walls. And I said to the, the old boyfriend, I said, Did your sister get a phone call? And it was such a sweet moment. I literally, I think I may have broken the couch. I was like jumping on the couch. It was pretty stellar. And so from then on, I just... You know, you kept doing it. it. You've toured around. Yeah. You've done. You do gigs, and then you also went and did like USO stuff. I did. Where did you play? I did. I have been all around the Pacific Rim, and then this last year I went to. Af- I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I went to friggin' Afghanistan. Wow. In body armor. I saw the pictures that you would share on Facebook. So, it, how many shows did you do? We did about. I want to say. We would do a show maybe every other night. And how long were you there? I was there for two weeks wow. in Afghanistan. But, you know, two weeks in Afghanistan is Feels like, like a year. six months. I mean, it's... We would do a show unless someone got shot and the show had to be canceled. Right, because yeah, you didn't want to go to a comedy show if, you, if your buddy right. died that day. They would literally open shows like this. You'd stand up on the thing and they would say, we've moved the show to early and we've moved the location due to indirect fire. <laughs> and everybody and of course we're standing back like what how many how many comics are there who's Four. there I, I produced the tour I, I combined it, it what, that one wasn't just stand up that tour I finally after all these years have put comedy and fitness together right so I so it was like a, a it was, it's called armed with laughter and then it says soldier spelled S-O-U-L soldier boot camp and we did this workout that's sort of like yoga and Tabata mixed together so um so we would do workouts in the morning, and we'd be hilarious. And everybody, they're all comedians, and they're all certified group fitness instructors. So there's four of us. And then we'd do shows at night, and we'd give out awards for, like, people in the workout. Like, oh, this guy did the best this, or this guy did the most push-ups, or whatever. And then we'd give out, like, t-shirts and stuff. Now, are soldiers into group fitness? It feels like after they go through basic, they're probably well, like, fuck this. Or are they well, into it? Or well, does they, it... they don't have a choice. Here's right. the thing. They have mandatory... Um, physical training. Yeah. I think every morning at six, they have to do like three or four out of the five mornings as if they have a weekend. I mean, they're, where are they going to go? They're in Afghanistan, but so they have to do a certain amount. So they had to go. So we were just trying to make it fun. So we brought it in like, you know, and maybe something different for them. Like also stretching types of movement that brutes wouldn't do. It was foreign stuff, but it was actually much more applicable to what they do crawling around that that flexibility crawling around with, I mean, those and healthy, you know, helping them stretch. Yeah, I mean, they can do jumping jacks and run and all that stuff, but we made them do like crazy stuff. I call it my Spider-Man workout. I love it. It's like full body, no equipment, and they were dying. So, so that so, but the indirect fire, they would say, um, so just so you know, we're out here and here, they were like flight attendants pointing out the bunkers. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Every noise I heard on that stage, I like literally did a set crouched under a stool. Because you thought there was something. Because every noise, you'd hear a plane take off. You'd be like, oh God. Yeah. 
What was the most frightened you felt? Was there ever anything that was really, that yeah. happened? Yeah, there was, well, we kept, it was three girls and one guy. And we kept thinking, like, we kept having moments where we'd think, oh, this is on. We're, like, we're going to Afghanistan. And then we'd get to another moment and go, oh, no, now it's on. Yeah. So there was a moment where we're in the dining facility in Afghanistan, and we are just, we're relaxed at this point. I'm not even wearing my body armor. And we just kind of walked over there, and he would always say, don't worry, don't worry, you're fine. If you ever hear the big voice, then you just get under, get take cover and close your eyes and open your mouth. Wow. I know. You had a nickel for every time you heard that. <laughs> exactly. So, so, I usually have to pay $20 for that and a towel. Right, a, right? a towel locker fee. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, sometimes you can get a room or a lot. It's not important. Right. It's not important. But, you know, but still, you've heard, it's not the first time you've heard that. <laughs> so, usually there's money. There's money being exchanged. Exactly. Yeah, I just, so we're sitting in there and I kept thinking, what's the big voice? And, and we're sitting in the dining room and all of a sudden it just comes out, blaring at it everywhere. You just hear, you just hear, incoming, incoming. I'd never gotten under tables so fast. My heart just stopped. And the, there's like, and everyone's under the table and there's like a guy, and it's like ye a guy yelling at me on the ground, close your eyes. <laughs> I'm like, close your eyes and open your mouth. I'm thinking, no, I don't want you putting something in my mouth. Yeah. But Why open your mouth? Apparently, it's when the blast comes, it will lessen the pressure on your brain. Interesting. Isn't that creepy? It was at that moment where I was like, okay, it's time to go home. This has Wait. been fun. It's right. <laughs> I know. It, it's well, right. it's almost like you, it's, to you do it. You close your eyes to protect your, to protect your eyes yeah. and open your mouth so that when it... But you kind of have to think to do it because you're like, yeah. open, close. Yeah, and, you don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Try it at home if you're listening. I mean, there are other times, you know, there, there's another time. So that, that did you happens. hear explosions or? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, there were times we were in this crazy, there was a point where I didn't know where I was. Yeah. We weren't allowed to know. We would get on planes and we didn't know. There was one point where they were going, oh, well, we're just going to stop and make a quick stop in Kandahar. I made a quick stop in Kandahar. Outlet I, malls. Come on. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. So it was. It was scary because at the real remote place, you would just be out walking and you'd see missiles just going overhead. And then there'd be like guys playing volleyball in the sand and not paying any mind and to the missiles going can. overhead. Wow. Everybody's walking around with a semi-automatic weapon. They have a rule. If you're issued a weapon, you have your weapon on you at all times. Bathroom, sleep, shower, you have a weapon. Wow. Now, you said you produced it. Yeah. How did that happen? This was one of those situations where I I just thought, I'm going to start creating work for myself. Yeah. You know? So you reached out to USO? To... Uh, yeah, you have to... It's like doing a term paper. Well, it sort of... It became... I was on one that was all comedy. And there was a woman there from the Pentagon um, who was saying... Um, she worked for... She did some work with them. And she found out about my, my underground fitness career. And she was like, that's crazy. You should, is there's a way to combine it. So she really, you know, she was my muse. And so I ran it all by her and then I just did everything and then filled out all the, the ridiculous paperwork to get approved by the Pentagon. You can imagine. Now do you fly from here in, uh, in military planes or you, do you fly you commercial to usually somewhere? You go commercial to the farthest point you can yeah. go. And then you get on the military plane. Like it was, it was 19 hours in coach on Turkish Airlines from LAX to Kyrgyzstan. Wow. 
and then on a military plane. And what was your interaction like with the soldiers? Did you meet them? Did you talk to them? Did it change your perspective oh, yeah. about everything? And <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, well, first of all, they're they're children. There was one moment where, well, we were when we were loading. They didn't even know from Allie McBeal. Oh, are you kidding? Well, here's the best part. <laughs> they were so, the dancing baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that. I mean, here's my favorite moment where, first of all, it's um, you're like loading into the back. It's like being in a, it's like being in a Coppola movie. You're you got body armor on. First, we're getting fitted for that. Like it was terrifying, and then you're loading in. Like you're out on a tarmac on a flight line, loading in to the back of one of those planes that opens up in the back. Yes. And then you're just kind of like humping it up the thing and everyone's like everyone's armed everyone's deploying to Afghanistan nobody's talking they don't care who you are and they've all got their camouflage everything and I'm like got my little toomey roller roller bag (laughs) yeah and you're in there with them I've got no weapon and they don't they're not speaking to you so and they have no idea why you're there and they don't care in the end these two these two guys thought we were nurses because they didn't know what we were doing. They were like, oh, God. But they were. I, I later found out they were also terrified. They were all brand new Marines being deployed. They had just come off 18 months of training. So when you're riding one of those, you know, they're seated on the sides with their all their straps on. And they all just went to sleep. And so I snapped a couple photos of these guys, like, just looking so sweet and adorable, but with these guns draped around. But they were so relaxed. So I happened on this huge base to run into one of the guys I snapped a picture of, and we had stolen um, um, a case of M and M's out of the last base we were in, and we were like throwing bags of M and M's around the plane, trying to like just create a mood in the plane. And so I said to the guy, I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I ran into you. I took this great photo. I would love to send it to your mom. You know, do you think she you think she would like that?" And he said, "I said, just can I get her email address?" And he laughed and he said, "Oh, my mom doesn't have." internet and I said oh are you from someplace that's such a small you know podunk that there's no internet she said he goes no he said my mom's way too old to have internet and I said how old's your mom and he was like I don't know 40s I was like okay alrighty wow (laughs) yeah and I think they're 20 these kids they were 18 Wow. So their their mothers could literally be 36 years old. Yeah. And what did they, what were they like in the fitness parts? Were they enjoying, did they get into it? Were they fun? Were they just doing what they had to do? I think they came to it and I think they were, first of all, I made them take their boots off and that freaked them out to get their feet out. Yeah. And point and flex and point yeah. and flex. Um, which I always said extend. Yeah. Because then I wanted to make them feel too gay. No, of Even course not. I, Believe me, I found my gay on every base. I want to hear every about that. Base. But they, for I think first they thought it was going to be super easy, and then I think they were freaked out. Yeah. But they came back. They did were, the did it work that trip? The combination of fitness. Yeah. Thing, would you do it again? Yeah. In fact, I think it was it worked really well. I was I was happy. That's great. So yeah, it was kind of crazy. Did you feel like proud that you'd done something to sort of connect to the war effort? Because so many of yeah. us are not connected to that part of our country. Well, it's. Yeah, I mean, it certainly changes your mindset. And and I don't know why we were given this privilege, but we were able to, like, so we sat down with generals and wing commanders and, like, we're able to ask them real questions about what's going on. And I was like, you know, we're nobody. Like, why? Like, we were with people who can call the president. Yeah. Like, who can just pick up the phone and say, hey, President Obama. How so, did they feel about what they were doing over there? 
It's hard to generalize. Well, but we, I asked them that, but they were very much, I mean, there are two sides of it. You know, on the professional side, they were very much like, oh, this is what we do. This is our job. And, and we're just doing what we've been told to do. Right. And I asked the one guy, the general um, in Afghanistan, I said, well, what, what's winning mean to you over here? Like, what is that? Like, what's the end game? Right. And he said to define winning for him, and he's like the guy in charge of the, of the whole operation. He said winning for him would be, you know, of course, to liberate the Afghani people. Right. But uh, clearly that's not happening. If so weird. The news. So, yeah, it was, you know, you could tell people would feel sad about it. Because when you're in it and you, and you meet... I, I may mean, have just turned on a song... I'm oh, so sorry to interrupt but, you. What, like, what? all my iTunes just appeared on the screen, and I can't get back to the screen where the... Would you hit escape? Let's see what happens if we do escape. It looks like we're still recording. Yes, 24, 25. Yes. That's what it is. I may have started a song for a few seconds in oh. there during your poignant story. <laughs> that would be actually appropriate. Yeah. No, but I think... I mean, sort of, I feel differently having met Afghani people and having seen the way that they live and... Yeah, I mean, it would be great if anybody could liberate them, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. For my own, per, you know, my big professional. Right. You know, my insight of being there. No, it's tragic. But it's definitely, um, you feel much more patriotic once you've once you've been there. Yeah. And how do they respond to your comedy? They loved it. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you go over there, they're, they're, the Pentagon's like, it's got to be clean, 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 G-rated, PG-rated. And then you get over there, and it's just like... Just there are no rules because it's there. There's so much stress. Yeah, that just sort of let it out into right. That they're not gonna get. They're not gonna complain about an f word. They're about to die. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I may have made one mistake. I may have um, told a joke about being jealous of a dead guy and couldn't catch it until it was out of my mouth. Right. It didn't land very well. What there. was the joke? <laughs> Where. I, um, you know when you're in a foxhole. Right, yeah. No, um, I, I was talking about having a kid. Yeah. And I was saying, I, I was making a joke about how tired I am as a parent. And I was saying, um, I said, we live across the street from a Catholic church. And they have a lot of weddings and funerals there. I said, so one day when my daughter was four, we piled into the car and we were backing out. And she said, Mommy, what's that big, long car out, out there? And I said, I was trying to think of an appropriate way to describe it to a four-year-old. And I found myself looking at the car thinking, oh, look at that guy resting. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I'm jealous of a dead guy. Yeah. And it didn't go real well. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's too not, close they, to home. Yeah, they, they don't feel jealous of a dead guy. They're, no, but they, they also don't get, they don't get fatigued. They don't get uh, right. parents fatigued. Right, like I was fatigued. just like, I just am not sleeping. Which, yeah. Yeah, which um, every time I think of that joke, I think of, I forget who it was It was on your podcast. Was it your friend, um, wasn't Aaron, who else has a baby? A Jackie baby. Clark. Yes. Which I love, I love, love, love that podcast. Jackie, if you're listening, I, I don't know if we've ever met. She's her, awesome. But I loved her. Her baby's like brand new, right? Yeah. I laughed so hard when she was going, I don't know what's so hard about it. I mean, yeah. just take the baby with you. Ha, 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 ha. I cannot wait. I had to move mountains to be in this booth today. You know why? Because they start to be people. And they start to have fucking activities and opinions and a mouth. And you have no peace. So enjoy when your baby's fucking sleeping. Because the honeymoon is about to end. I literally, I, I think I rewound it. I think I rewound it. Because you couldn't it. fucking and believe it was happening. Because I was like, 
Oh, I'm like, that is the calm before the storm. She has no, when that baby's mobile, oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> For the part two of that one? Oh, yeah. I Please, like, yeah. please have her on again in like 18 months when her hair is like just jacked out and she hasn't eaten a full meal. And Yeah. Now, your daughter's name is Sarah. Sarah, with an H. With an H. With now, <laughs> I remember when you got pregnant with her and there was always this thing of like, how did this happen? Like... You're like the right. unlikely mom. That was sort of your oh, M.O. And I'm that was... Worse than the unlikely mom. Like right. the hit by a truck. Like, oh, jeez. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was not my plan. Not your plan. Not in the cards, but it no. happened. And now your daughter is how old? Six and a half. And I working in film and television. Yes. Yes, Break just, it did, down. just did a Barbie commercial. I went to your um, class the day she did her Barbie oh, commercial, right. the day after. Yeah, the day after, yeah. She was uh, was, she was the lead. She was it. Has it aired yet? No, I think it starts airing in September. How do you feel about her being in that part of the in show business, possibly? I love it. Yes. I love it as long as it's fun for her, but I keep her, like, I keep her down because, <laughs> <laughs> well, because she, I, I go, listen, when you go back to school, don't tell everybody, like, don't run around going, yeah, I just need a Barbie commercial, because everybody hates that girl. Yeah. I said, just, like, tell your best friend, and then they'll do the work for you. I said, but you don't run around being the one tooting your own horn. Yeah. So, yeah. That's but good listen, advice. Yeah. What surprised you about her personality? Because... I think when you fantasize about becoming parents, you fantasize I, about what their, what, their poli- what their personality might be like and how it reflects you and they're going to be so cool. Yes. What if your kid's a dick or whatever? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Are you kidding? I know exactly what you mean. Why do you think she's not here? Uh, no. <laughs> but you know what? They're their own yes. things. When I was super pregnant to the point where like I would see a footprint on my stomach <laughs> and, and it really would happen. I would, it would happen? Yes. That's like something out of Incubus or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's when you start to go, oh, what's happening to me? But I would be sitting there, and I would just see a footprint. And I would think to myself, who the fuck is in my stomach? <laughs> Who's in there? Like, I, I just, because it is, it, it's so, like, it wasn't, you know, I'm a gay man trapped in a, in a wrong yeah. body. So I, I wasn't expecting to ever, I, I used to live alone with two cats in West Hollywood, and I was happy. And now I'm happy in a completely different plane. I'm like in a different world. So I've got like a husband and a kid and a dog and a house and it's alarming. But um, in the beginning, like you just, we used to, like when she was a baby, we'd think, I wonder what her voice is going to sound like when she starts talking. Yeah. And then she's heard talking. We're like, just shut up. Please, okay, we heard it. Just stop talking. I'm sorry I was ever curious. <laughs> yeah, so, but it is interesting, like, you, I, I shouldn't be surprised that she comes right back at me with my sarcasm. And it's, it's what everybody says. It is like looking into a mirror. Because once my chiropractor said to me, having a baby is like an alien from, an, from another planet who knows absolutely nothing about this world coming to live with you. And you have to teach them every little thing. Every nuance. Every custom. Just, you know... You know, why when you say something's cool, it's not actually cold. I mean, yeah. it's it's endless, the things that you get asked yeah. daily. Why? Think, why? Why? Or yeah. what does that mean? Now, it used to be why. Now it's, what does that mean? What is, well, for instance, and you, and, and, you know, children have selective hearing. So you could say, please take your plate into the kitchen and 
and right into her face and she'll just walk away. And you could also be, you know, four doors down saying, I think I'm going to make some cookies. She'd be like, I'm off too. Yeah. So I was at the park with my husband on Tuesday with the, with the kid and somebody was being a moron in the park and he under his breath said, ugh, tard. And she yells out, what's a tard? Because <laughs> <laughs> they have no filter. No, they and, don't know. And he, without missing a beat, just said, well, there's citizens from the country of Tardania. I can't, I can't even do this. I can't do that laughing. There's a country. <laughs> yeah. But he, and he went on like as if he was really... Yeah. And he was... They simple. like wheat... And, yeah, and, they, he, and he goes, I'm very familiar with the customs and the, and the, um, the, the monetary, um, and I, and I couldn't look. She's going to do a book report on right, that. I like. was suffocating. So <laughs> I was, I turned to her and I, she's at an age now where I can say, you know, daddy is full of crap and please do not repeat any of this. And I just start laughing. There was a point where she was about, I don't know, five and a half, I think end of kindergarten and she was like, she hadn't gone to the bathroom for like three days. Yeah. And I kept saying, I was like, you have my, give your fruit. You have to eat your fruit or you can't go to the bathroom. And he, joking, comes down the hallway and says, yeah, you better go to the bathroom. We're going to have to get the butt stretcher out. And she's like, what's a butt stretcher? I was like, oh my God, she's going to go to school and talk about how we have a butt stretcher at our house yeah. and we are going to get hauled into the police. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, but she is. Really sarcastic. What's the sassiest thing she said to you where you're like, oh, wow, I, I, that's, that's my own chickens coming home to roost? Oh, well, there was a point. Well, she does the thing where she rolls her eyes and goes, oh, really? Yeah. She says that a lot. But there was a moment um, in the car. She was about four. And we're riding. And she was reading some book from preschool or something. And I was talking to her about something. And she said, Mom, why don't you just keep talking to me all day so I can't read a single word? <laughs> and I was like... You're cramping our style. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Now, let's go back. I forgot to follow up on the gay soldiers that you saw in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Was it a gaggle or like one? There was just like I could spot the one in the crowd. Well, first of all, he was laughing harder than the video. And he was laughing at different things. And he, he and this is post Don't Ask, Don't Tell, so it's not... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, they're out. I mean, yeah. they, are, they are almost wearing makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and they I, have bronzer. Well, well the, the thing is... <laughs> to be in Afghanistan and be like, I would kill for a good bronzer. Right? Because yeah. there's... They're, in their uniforms, they've got like a little pocket on their forearm sleeve. <laughs> and there's one of, the, one of the commanders, a woman who's just fantastic, in Kyrgyzstan... She was really high ranking, yet, and she'd be all in her whole uniform, just bossing everybody around, and then she would just reach into that pocket and take out her Smashbox lip gloss and just put on. I was fascinated by that. So, yeah, I bet this guy had had some, Smashbox some, in his in, <laughs> in his, his thing. But no, it's but like at, like during the show, I would see them laughing, and they, you know, why? Because they're smarter, because they're they're wittier, and they would laugh before the straight people would laugh. Right. And so when I would hear that laugh. I would be up there and I'd be like, I'd say, thanks, Mary. You would literally say, thanks, Mary? Because from I knew nobody stage. else would get it. Yeah. And they would look at me and I'd be like, see me after the show. <laughs> <laughs> so it was And did fantastic. they see you after the show? Yes. And we took photos. It was just so fun. That's so cool. Were they just your, just, just like your, 
Were they different than you would non-soldier? Well, they, I, I don't know if they were just different around me because they felt right. free to just be girly around yeah. me. I will say one of them um, in, in Afghanistan, at Bagram Air Force Base, he was so fun and so like, girl, that I got worried and hoped he had a desk job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Because you can't see him out there I pulling uh, Lone Survivor or Mark Wahlberg stunts. Yeah, I did. Get, but he was super fun. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk about some gym freaks. Because you've been a group <laughs> fitness teacher for a long time. I love the people that breeze into a class late. Oh. And they have a lot of stuff. A lot of props. There's maybe a Starbucks cup with yeah. lipstick. And they have a little outfit. And then they sort of do the moves, but not really. Then maybe they take a phone call. Then they leave early. Um, like, that's a very specific... Yeah. I think it's an L.A. thing, or maybe it's an oh. Oliver thing. But you know who I'm talking about. They're yes. usually women, I think. Yes. Yes, they're almost always women. Yeah. Men usually... It's, they don't, it's not so intentional. Men usually have, like, their shorts are too short, and somebody gets out of the shorts, and they're yeah. mortified, and you don't know what to do. Um, but the women... It's, and I, and I can never decide if they're like, are they trust fund babies? Do, are they just crazy? Like they're just that crazy wealthy woman or, or they're just so distracted or if they're like so busy that like if they were that busy, they wouldn't have a personal assistant, you know, are they strippers? Like I, I try to put. And then my, a lot of times there's a surgery well, element going on or a Botoxy right, thing. Yeah. And it's, um, it's distracting. Yeah. And it's hard for me, as you know, to not, um. Sort of communicate. Call them out. Well, yeah. And, and I'll, you know, I get in lots of trouble for um, non-verbally communicating with my class how stupid I think that person is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By just giving a look like, hmm, well, can everybody see that? Yeah. <laughs> How's that going over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. Oh, oh it's his. Oh, now, I'm not going to name names because I do know this person's name, but do you remember the woman from Sunset Crunch who actually, I believe... I don't think she was like a stripper for money. I think she had a trust fund, but she used to wear the heels and she would come in and stand in the front of class and just do like the standing split. She'd have her pants rolled down so far that her pubes were sticking out. Do you remember her? No. Oh. Yeah. She was like a transplant from Voight when yeah. it was Voight Fitness and Dance yeah. and moved over to Crunch. She followed. Now, you've been doing it a long time. Yeah. What do you love about it? Teaching group classes. Um, God, that is a tough question. Well, I mean, it is sort of a, it started out as a case of, you know, physician heal thyself. Right. You know, I was a dancer and a choreographer and it was sort of like, you know, because when, when group fitness first started, it was just like an elongated dance class warm up. Yeah. And first time I took it, I was like, people get money for this? It's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe they get paid for this. So I started doing it and all the teachers were dancers. And then it kind of evolved. But I think I like now, I sort of like the... um just the form, I like sort of the energy of everybody working out together, and I kind of, I would say this, I, there's one side of me that I like making a difference in, in someone's life to sort of make fitness fun, mm -hmm. and I like the, I, I won't lie, it's that whole endorphin high of like the workout, but I've sort of given, I don't, I'm not that, that deep anymore, now I sort of, I only care if you care, and if you're in the class with me and you care, then I, then it's fun for me, yeah. but the people who are making excuses or want to like whine to me after class about why their jeans don't fit, I... I don't really buy, like, I can't private train anymore. Yeah. But I, I sort of like just the energy of it. It's like yeah. my coffee. Yeah. Well, the class that I took recently was like a booty class. Oh, yeah. Laugh Your Ass Off, it was yes, called, because yes. you're funny and there's yes. ass. And I went to it, and it was all ass. It was literal. Yeah. That's a lot of ass. Yeah. And the girls in that class 
have the best asses of a collective I've seen. And the men of Burbank are probably very grateful to you. I hope so. Yeah, it's called Laugh Your Ass Up. Well, I feel like it should be called Laugh Your Ass Up. Yeah. Because <laughs> clearly my it's my butt's still quite big. But that kicked my nice. butt. Like, like it, I was so... That's, sure? Yeah. Yes. Know, right? It's hard. I know. But, but those it, girls, the irregulars, yeah, they have nice finally, asses. They've finally given me a form. Like, they've allowed me to just be funny and be myself in class where I get written up at other places where I teach. So, but this, they incorporated it into the yeah, job description. Yeah, and so sort of I always come in, you know, here's what you need. You need a body bar, you need a mat, yeah. you need one heavy dumbbell, and you need a sense of humor. If you don't have a sense of humor, there's the door. Boom. Ka-ching. I love being able to say that. Yes. That's nice. It's so it's so refreshing. It's, what's your favorite class to teach? Um, that's kind of it yeah. now. Yeah. I mean I like Do you spin anything. still? Do you do spinning I still? I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. I would love to do it. I liked when you spun. Teach I spinning like at Burbank. Spin. I'll be there all the time. Oh, I did love that. Yeah. I miss teaching things like step and Remember Step? Do I remember it? Oh. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I love that. But now, you- you worked at Disney when you were a young person, and a lot of your early stand-up stuff were crazy Disney stories. Do you still tell them in your act? I do. Is there some that's like, that story is always comedy gold? It is. In fact, all of I have like a little A-list. Some of it gets too inside. So no, but like, people want to know. Well, it, like if I'm in L.A. and yeah. like a lot, a lot of industry people, I will tell the real inside stuff. But no, it is comedy gold because it's a very universal topic and people want to know the inside. They want to know the inside scoop. Right. Because, well, the Disney image is so indelible and they're so protective and nothing's ever wrong and, you know. Which couldn't be further from the truth. (laughs) But there was a guy, there was a guy who once sent me an email off a show I did at Casita del Campo and he was like saying that it was, he thought it was really terrible and uh, of me to make fun of of the Disney princesses. Remember I did that whole bit about that they should have been Jews. It makes more sense. That writes itself. Like Snow White could have been a Jew because she lived with seven men and gave sex to none of them. Like, yeah. And I go on, like I just keep going down the line. Well, he wrote me an email saying that, how dare I make fun of people that were not there to defend themselves? And I was like, you know they're cartoons, right? <laughs> well, Jasmine was supposed to be there. Sure. But she but, got wait, right. she got held up and yeah. she couldn't find it. Right, and so and then he. So in other words, how dare you make fun of these fictional princesses? Right, and then I said behind uh, their back. Right, and I said, no, I'm not really making fun of them. I'm the target of the joke, is I'm making fun of Disney for writing them this way and not me. And then the guy kept writing back and saying, I was a hack, and how dare I? And and it turns out he was Jewish, and and I said, well, I'm Jewish. I said, and and P.S. What is it you do during the day that A allows you the time to do this, and B makes you think that you're comedy critic and he was like I'm an attorney and I said well it's a good thing that you're not a comedy writer because it's not going well for you and I just said I think that I said I'm not going to break down the structure of a joke but I'm not making fun of the princesses like I'm making fun of Disney for I'm making fun of a big corporation how many exchanges went back and forth oh about six wow it was pretty unbelievable and of course my husband's like why are you engaging him yeah I was like "I, I, I can't help it but but now the biggest threat, now having a child and having worked for Disney, the other day, she's six and a half, and my husband, who still works there, was telling me a story about um, a little boy got real sad when Donald had to leave. And my six and a half year old said, well, it's just a, you know, it's just a guy in a suit. But we had never really discussed at what point this, like that bridge was going to be crossed and right. what we were going to say. So we're sitting at the dinner table and... He says, really? You think it's a guy in a suit? And um, she says, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, a, I mean, a 
duck is not going to run around. <laughs> So, I mean, she's like, plus he's wearing a shirt. So, <laughs> so she's very um, discerning, right? So then, so then we're like, well, what about like Goofy? She said, well, I mean, dogs don't drive, so I mean, I think, <laughs> I think so. So we're going down the list, and and then she's, but I think maybe. I don't know. I think maybe Mickey might be real. So she's not quite sure. <laughs> she's not quite right? sure. Right. So, so I haven't said a word. And then, um, my husband says, well, you know, you actually know somebody who has dressed up in some of those costumes before. And she took a moment and then her eyes got real skinny. She turned around and gave me this look and she looked, she said, Oh, mommy. And I was like, yes. She was like, Oh, I knew it. I, I want pictures, and she was so mad at me. Why was she mad at you for that? Do you feel like you she you perpetuated I, a, a fraud? No, I think I that think you held out was, on her. Yeah, I think I think she thinks I held out on her. But you know, you don't take a three year and go, "Hey, guess what? That's not real." I know because I used to do it. <laughs> and yeah, and didn't your head cannot catch on fire? Yes, my my. Who my, were you being? I was a Cinderella mouse. I, in my joke, when I tell it, I was Minnie Mouse because. Right. Not as many people know who the Cinderella mice are. Yeah. No, upgrade to Minnie. Yeah. Red so, pen, right. make that I Minnie. I mean, just to make it more universal. Yeah. But you know who the Cinderella mice were who, who pulled the coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, they have names, right? Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo? No. Yeah. Jacques and, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so, um, but it's electrical parade and my battery, my big giant battery pack started to leak acid. And I just started to smell smoke. But in those heads... Uh, was it super heavy and all those lights Well, and yeah, the, the Cinderella mice, in order for them to make us look like we're an inch tall, what you do is you have to stand with your arms up in the air and then a wardrobe person comes and puts the head over and you put your arms up and then it comes down. So you're looking out of the very top of the hat. So the face of the mouse is really where your belly button is. And your hands grab on these little sticks and control the... I'm sure I'm someone no. from Disney's going to shut this down. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you control the hands. So you... When you get... Can done, you see? Yes, you're looking out of the hat. There's okay, like a but you can thing. see forward. You yeah. can see forward. Yeah. But they do. They weigh like 40 pounds. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because you could never get out of it. You When you're done with the parade or the show, whatever it is, you have to wait for a wardrobe person. You kind of waddle up to a wardrobe person and then they grab onto it. They lift it up and you bring your arms up with the costume. Right. So there's no so getting. You can't there's, get out. There's no by escaping. Yourself. Yeah. And many of the costumes are like that. It's yeah. not just the Cinderella mice. Yeah. So um, I could smell the smoke and I started to panic and I could. Start this to is during the parade. During the parade, and I went up to one of the and, and there's a little switch. There's like a little light switch to turn you on off. So and you don't know if your lights are on. So like when you're going out in the parade, you'll like through a muffled mouse hat. You'll be like, "Am I on? Am I on?" So I went up to one of their mice and whispered. Shut my lights off. I'm on fire. So, well, because you're never supposed to speak. Yeah. So I just more and more smoke. And I thought, well, I'll just speak the way I imagine the mouse might if they, <laughs> if they could. And they were on fire. So I just went up. I was like, I'm on fire. Fire. Turn my lights off. In and, a little um, mouse voice. In a little mouse voice. And I was panicking. And did they, and, somebody do it? Um... I think there's parade captains sort of throughout the thing. I think someone must have, my lights were off and they came to turn me back on. I said, I'm on fire. And they just, pull, all of a sudden there were just three mice and they pulled me out through an employee exit and like got me out of the head and I was just, there was smoke everywhere. And Wow. 
That was, was a close call. It was a close call. What a horrible way to die. Can you imagine if that's how I went down? <laughs> like, in the Cinderella mouse costume. I know. Not even, I, like, a named not even, mouse. Yeah. Like not even Mickey. Not or... even Minnie. Yeah. <sighs> what was your craziest Disney thing? Is that the craziest thing that happened to you when um, you were working at Disney? No. Um... You mean like, well, I fell off a float once when I was Pinocchio. <laughs> you were Pinocchio? I was Pinocchio. I like that you do gender. Well, you're, sure. You're, you're sure. gender neutral. You're yeah. gender neutral. <laughs> I'm, was I'm it the bi. fucking nose? Was it because your nose was so big that you well, lost your balance? No, it was, um, but thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that meant Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio, not you. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I was like, wow, I think he just insulted you. It was... Because back then, back in the day, the um, the eyes, it, it was a Christmas show, and I was dancing on like the workbench float, and it was cold, and it was a night, nighttime dress rehearsal, and you had to put this defogger stuff on the eyes, because they were okay. made out of glass or plastic or whatever, I'm sure something dangerous. And then, so the float's moving, but I had all this choreography on the float, and those, I don't know if you've seen Pinocchio's shoes, they're not exactly, you know, jazz shoes. <laughs> they're not exactly PCO. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're pretty much, you know, this foam. Yeah. And I just, my eyes fogged up, because it's hot in there, and I just slid off the float, and I remember I was so weepy, I was like, you're going to have to get somebody else, I just can't do this, this is too hard. And everyone was laughing at me, like, oh, you're fine. Were you hurt? Not that I remember. Yeah. I mean, I was emotionally scarred for, you know. Now, what, having your history there, and you take your daughter there now, what's it like? Do you, do you, are you kind of like, oh, it's still so magic? Or is it kind of like, ugh, this place used to... Do you know what? Has it lost something or gained something for well, you? Well, definitely before she was born, it was a lot of like, ugh, God. I did go there five days before she was born because I was so fat. I gained so much weight while I was pregnant and all I wanted was a corn dog. And if you've been on Main Street, they have the best corn dogs ever. So I did waddle in. I was so big. I did, you I, wanted I, a corn I, dog I went, so bad. I went you to dealt with I went Disneyland. To corn dog. That's amazing. I, but because I get in free. Right. Because my husband works. You still have to park and deal with that. But I had to park. So this is what was so funny. I was so big and so fat. And it had happened, of course, you know, one day at a time that I was so laid back in my car that when I pulled into the parking structure, I mean, he didn't know that I was an employee spouse. And the guy looked at me and he was like, I'm going to just give you a handicap sticker. <laughs> like, I was, I was so pregnant. And he was like, what? And there was no one else in my car. So he was like, why are you coming here? I was like, I got to get a corn dog. <laughs> I love that you went there just for a corn dog. That's I'm, some serious craving. I waddled did in you, there. So you got your corn dog. Did I you sit my, there and eat it? I or did you sat, take it to I, go? I, I sat, no, I can't, in case I needed another one. Yeah. So I sat at Carnation. Oh, not at Carnation. At the, um, what's the place right at the end of Main Street on the right? The Plaza Pavilion. I sat yeah. at Plaza Pavilion and ate a corn dog. <laughs> Just as big as a house. So, but <laughs> I remember when I was a senior in high school, or a sophomore and a senior, <laughs> We, our swing choir came to California and we got to perform at Disneyland and we performed in the Carnation Plaza Gardens and oh, we yeah. always thought that was the most exciting thing. music days. Or whatever. They were just yeah. like choirs would pop up. Yeah. But then I go and look at it now and it's kind of like not very well lit. Oh, it's, it's just, horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's like you wouldn't even know anyone was over there. They just would <laughs> well be masturbating in the dark. It's so like, and I remember at the time it's like, we made it. We're at Carnation Plaza Gardens and I go there now and I'm like, there, it looks like there's shrubs covering Right? The... Well, you know they finally took it out. Really? It's they, gone. Yeah. They didn't it's want a... those hacky oh. 
swing choirs like stinking no. up oh. their but yeah, park had, with tie a yellow ribbon. Yeah, right. I had so, such disdain for the place after, you know, when I was in the shows there, I, I did get a review. They they make it. They make the parade captains do these reviews. Yes. And they would, and they'd be like for the rest of the park, like handles cash well, except that didn't apply to any of the entertainment. <laughs> so after they would fill ours out, it all said like ends forward slash a, and then so they'd have us write. Um, they'd have the parade captains write like a little paragraph of their review of us. And I don't, I used to do a thing where I would, I have it, I would read it on stage. <laughs> because it's so great. And people would say things like, <laughs> it's so great. It would say, it's Disney management where they always say something nice first before they slap you. Yeah. So it would say, Debbie is a fantastic performer. She gives 150% while on parade. However, <laughs> we wish she would use a little more tact when dealing with her co-workers. So it's an ongoing story with me, yeah. you know, getting written up at for, different for, for, your for mouth. being myself. You know, yeah. I'm just observational. I'm just stating yes. the obvious. Like maybe, you know, you're a gym freak, whatever. You yeah. Know? So, you know, all along I should have been doing comedy. Yeah. Because I've always gotten in trouble. But to, to go back to the question, I, I, um, I had a lot of disdain. I still liked it, but I was jaded. But then when you have a kid... You see it through their eyes. You see it through their eyes. And they... It, and it's still a duck in a suit. It was. <laughs> yeah, according to my daughter, it's, it's still a duck in a suit. But, but, but there was, a, there was a, a time frame for a minute before she got too smart. Yeah. Where um, she just... She loved it. And it was... She would get so excited. And of course, since my husband worked there, like... We would get a lot of special treatment. Yes. You know, and so she... What did had, he do there? I know he's a trumpet he's a, player. Yeah, he's a trumpet player. And so he leads one of the afternoon bands. And, nice. Um, yeah. I love that. So, but she... It, it is a nice... There, there was a time, you know, she goes all the time because yeah. we get him free. And we were driving home a day and she said, can we go to Disney this afternoon? I said, no, not today. I've got to do this and that. And she said, God, we never... I said, please don't finish that sentence. <laughs> I said, you have no idea. Yeah. So I know to be a kid and your dad works at Disneyland. It's like her backyard because yeah. because the parking's free. I get a discount on food and merchandise. Yeah. And if and if we just when she was little, I would just bring lunch. It's like the most economical thing I can do. Yeah. And of course now, other moms are like, hey, we haven't seen you in a long time. We should have a play date. And I'm like, yeah, what are you guys going to do? I don't know. I mean, do you feel like going to Disney? Go, if you want to sign in, just just ask me. Yeah. You don't need to pretend to want to play with me. Well, oh, it's me. like. Exactly. I used to get that when I was a kid because we had a pool at our house. So it was well, always right. like, hey, will do you do a And they just wanted to swim. Right. And you have to, the song and dance. Right. Like, just tell me you want to go swimming. Like, don't, <laughs> don't pretend to be my friend. Like, I know you don't like me. Just. I love the other moms trying to get, trying to charm you into the Disneyland hookup. Well, when I was, when, they, when You know I what I feel? Like, I kind of feel like a corn dog. Maybe well, we could go to the mall right, or something. Or, or Disney. Okay. Do they have corn dogs? Yeah. Disney? I didn't know. I didn't remember that. I don't. Oh, well, I mean, I I guess the rest Do of the they? I have the afternoon. Are they good? My afternoon's free, weirdly huh. enough, so... Do you want to just meet there? Yeah, I guess. I'm, I mean... I'm close by. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're already there? <laughs> you're waiting for me? Oh, the but, song and dance is so I mean, funny. Because well, when the kids were little, before they were three, you know, under three is free, so you could yeah. take... I could take three other moms and all the kids were free. Yeah. But so now that's it's a, like... that's an eight-some... Yeah. That's a fucking park But now, jam. now my kid, she counts, so now I can only take two other people. So yeah. I take one mom and one kid. The yeah. problem is these other bitches are having other children. I'm like, I can't take you now. I'm like, yeah. so just... 
Because now with my kids... You're like now, China. You're one kid. One kid. <laughs> exactly. I, I am one kid. Because you're gonna, kid. You gotta little, you gotta have to kill that other kid. Right, right. Or leave him in the car. That's safe, right? No, but back in the, back in the day, I could... Well, she was so little that I could sign other families in and just leave. Yeah. Which... But I never did. You're not ever supposed no, to do that. No, of course not. No, You've been mean, with you them could, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, the idea of it. <laughs> but um, but now she's old enough. I can't just go, yeah, we're just going to go there for a minute and sign your friend and then we're going to leave. We can't just leave. No. I have to have, commit to the whole day. Yeah, it's the whole so, thing. It is the whole thing. Now, when you first started doing comedy, going back, and you started doing it, because I remember when I first, when you first started doing it, and then I remember like you were doing your first shows, I was so impressed with how good you got at it so quickly. Because I think it's one thing to be funny, but it's also to do to be on a stand-up stage and the rhythm and the... There's a technique or a thing that you do. Did yeah. you did it come to you pretty naturally once you started pursuing it? Well, n- no. Because I had to figure out how to write stand-up, which is yeah. different than just writing comedy. And I have friends that we all know yeah. who were also comedy writers, but they were writing for sitcoms and right. shows. And then and all their stuff was funny, and it was funny on stage, but... Someone pointed out to me, it was funny, but it, like anyone could read it, it was funny. And someone said, an owner of a comedy club said, to try to make it personal. So it's, it's material that no one could really steal because it's not, it's you. it's not necessarily funny on the page. So your first instincts weren't necessarily to be, to, to be as you, as you ended up being. Right. Like there are certain rules to stand up. Like, you yeah. know, don't ask a question unless you're going to follow it with the answer because it'll just leave everything hanging. It'll yeah. sort of put a horrible pause in your thing. Yeah. So just stuff like, um, um, and how to structure a joke and how, and, and not to, and to cut out all the irrelevant information in your setup Yeah. that maybe is interesting to you, but it's not universal. Right. Like if I, like in the, in the Mickey Mouse joke or the mini joke, Catching on Fire, I'd have to go in to describe who a Cinderella mouse was and why they were turned into mice and they were, they were really the footmen and now they're pulling the, and all of a sudden the joke's not fine anymore. So it's easier just to say I was a mini. mini. Yeah. Because everybody goes, oh, I can picture that yeah, in my head. Yeah, we get it. So it ha- was learning to do that. And then, of course, I would go over. I can name names, right? Sure. So I would go over to my friends, Mark Cherry and Joey Murphy and John Partee, and we would get, I uh, would be writing. And they would say, oh, what about this? And they would give me an example. I'd say, well, that's funny, but it's not stand-up. And, of course, they were very employed comedy writers. Right. Writing, you know, making millions of dollars a year. And then we started, I realized at the moment, we were starting to, like, butt heads. I'd be like, no, it's funny. It's just not the right structure. I was like, okay, I'm on my own now. Yeah. But I took, cl- I took a class from Mark Lano, who owns the Im- co-owns Improv, and he, there were some moments in there that were hilarity just in my stupidity. But like, it helped you. Oh, yeah. That's it awesome. Just, but I mean, I already at the present, I was always up in front of people with yeah. a microphone strapped to me. Yeah. It was just a matter of how to... Yeah. The, the, it wasn't like you weren't uncomfortable up there, but how to, how to, right. to format your stuff and yeah. your pauses and how to transition and all that stuff. So. And there was also the thing of, you know, lots of people are funny, but if you, like, say, like, we're sitting here, we're funny together, and we always laugh, and uh, I really would feel more comfortable, though, if we had, like, a stack of onion rings. How yeah, do? oh, remember that onion, onion rings? Yeah. We went to this like, restaurant um, called Wings, and they bring you onion rings in, like, a pyramid. Oh. They... Somebody goes and makes the biggest one on the bottom, and they go yeah, all the like way up. Yeah, it's like one of those toys that you have when you're a kid. Like yeah. Like, the things that you stack The rings. Up. And you literally have to look around it to talk to right, each other. Right, Well, you um, don't have to do that so for long, because the onion rings start yeah. to go. Yeah. But anyway, it's that thing of, of, of saying, you're funny around your friends, so when you get nervous, you, you need to know what it is about you that makes you funny, so that when you get nervous on stage, you can 
act like yourself. So I took an I took an acting class for a long time. That's really interesting. Not to be an actor, but to be able to act like me. Yeah. Isn't that weird? No, it, it makes sense. It's it is weird, but it, I I bet it worked. I bet it helped. Right, because because yeah. actors if they're nervous, but they've got wearing the skin of another character. Yeah. So. That's where we got really deep. Interesting. Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> What's your favorite moment you've ever had as a comedian on stage? Oh. Or your favorite thing that came out of it? Or I've had a lot of good um, heckling moments. Yeah, I bet you don't take that shit. Yeah, in the beginning, it's terrifying. But there was a moment... Well, there have been moments where, like, I'm so dumb on stage that I don't even realize they're heckling me. Yeah. There was, um, there was a guy... I was in Vegas, and I did a joke where I, I came out and I said... I said, oh, um, I said, I love Vegas. I said, but I just hate their slogan. You know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I said, it's not true because it still hurts when I pee. And everyone laughed. <laughs> and I turned to this, I, I looked for the oldest woman I can find and say, yeah. oh, you too. And then I turn and I call her a whore. Yeah. And then when the audience laughs, I look back at her and say, it's been a long time since someone talked 32. So, <laughs> so I sort of set up in the beginning where yeah. I'm kind of fun and I'm not afraid to make fun of myself yeah. and other people. So there was a guy in the audience like, and he kept yelling out, how much? But I didn't really hear him the first few times. He kept saying, how much? I said, how much for what? And he said, for you. And I said, oh, it doesn't matter. You don't have enough money. And he said, how do you know? And I said, well, you're fat and bald and you're sitting there by yourself. I mean, if you had any money at all, you'd have a date. Yeah. And then the whole audience just roared with laughter. Yeah. It's just kind of nice. It's nice when people... I love when someone's dumb enough to think, like, you're on a stage in Vegas on the Strip. Do they think that's your first stage you've been right, on? Right, that like, they're, they're going to somehow take you down. But you didn't get to that point yeah. and never have somebody come at you up at stage, yeah. on stage. Yeah, and when you take them down, it probably feels really good. It does. And the it, audience is kind of on your side. Is it sort of like a, you want a piece of this? Yeah. Bring it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. It's so good. It's kind of fun. I would shrink that, from that. I'm not good at confrontation. Well, someone told me, they said... You, you will know the moment you become a comedian. It'll be the moment you're on stage and something happens and you have complete disdain for your audience. Like, there was a moment. I, did you remember oh, the Greek Isles Casino in Vegas off the strip? It was Debbie Reynolds' place, but she couldn't get a... Um, she couldn't get... Oh, was it a liquor license? Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh, no. She couldn't get a gaming license. Yeah. So it was literally like a restaurant with shows, like, trying to pass itself off as a casino. Yeah. And they used to have this show there called the Rat the Rat Pack with um, Buddy Hackett's son. Okay. And he had me come out. He didn't do a guest spot. And he, there was no in the green room. There was no feeds. You couldn't hear what was going on on stage. And I was all excited, feeling pretty full of myself. Yeah. And my husband was out in the audience, and I didn't, hadn't even seen the audience. And one side was completely Armenian and had come in on a bus and didn't speak English. And the other side was all like blue hairs. Right. And I didn't know this. And so I came out and started doing material that neither group could understand. But before they came out, there was a guy who was opening and was doing Mr. Potato Head jokes, like little, like, like grandparent humor. And he was killing. Yeah. But I didn't know this. So my husband was sitting there going, oh, she is, she doesn't know. We're She's effed. about to tank. Yeah. So it came, like, like the headliner came out playing the banjo and did like these hack jokes that you hear on the subway in New York like, hey, one out of every three people's ugly, so look to your left and look to your right. And if you're not the ugly, you know, like that kind of joke. Right. And I came out and just tanked so hard. There was this big red clock in the back of the room counting down my set. And I remember just thinking, 
I hate every single person in this room. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, and I don't even want them to think I'm funny. Because look at this. If they're laughing at Mr. Potato Head jokes and this idiot with the banjo, yeah. I don't want them to think I'm funny because that means I'm one of them. Yeah. And it was at that moment that I came back from there and did a set at the improv. And they were like, what happened? I said, it happened. I turned. I hate the audience. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. And they hugged you. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. That's so awesome. That, that was really like a moment that was like, bam, turned around. Yeah. All right. So, so. you picked a few cards from our observation deck and uh, see see which question you pulled. Oh. I haven't done this in a while. I forgot I had it. You like how I'm very consistent with my podcast. Um, I know. Yeah. Well, who cares? Your podcast I know. is so fun. I'm such a fan. Like, I'm so excited to be here in the booth. You're killing it. It's just as I pictured it, too. Is it? Yeah. The booth. Yes. Very, yeah. I like the booth. Um, All right. I have two. Okay. I'll do this one because it's quick first. Um, okay. What, what movie have you seen more than any other? Okay. What movie have you seen more than any other? Hair with Treat Williams. Really? I know. The musical. The musical. That surprises me. I've never seen it. You've Why? never seen no. it? No. We should watch it's it together. It's literally my favorite movie. I've seen scenes from it like in gay bars on Musical Mondays <laughs> night or exactly. whatever. What do you um, love about it? Well, it was... I saw it in... Uh, well, I'm going to just date myself. I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I saw it from the womb. Yes, I was I in the womb. I saw it in my previous life. <laughs> um, I just loved those horrible drug addict losers and the music <laughs> and the... I loved... I just loved everything about like the them in the park in New York and the modern dance aspect of it and yeah. the... Just sort of the kind of F you, but then how great it was. Because you thought this guy was like a total loser drug addict. Yet, once he met that guy and he did not want to um, for that guy to go off to war, he got in that guy's uniform and went off to war under that guy's name so that he could stay home with his baby. Wow. Who did you have a crush on? Anybody? I don't know that I did at that point. Yeah. Maybe the guy who played the soldier. Yeah. Because he was the only one that wasn't like a crazy drug addict. Right. The good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was so young that I don't think I was really having crushes yet. Yeah. And how would you watch it? On VHS or on uh, whenever it was on TV? Well, yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. now here's where the truth is going to come out. I watched it because my best friend's family, because my family was too cheap, um, had... What was the first, like, cable movie station? Like was the it, movie um, channel or... What was it called? It wasn't Cinemat. Was it? Yeah. It when it wasn't HBO. It was like, um, what's the name of it? I don't know. I. I it was like on TV or the yeah. movie channel. I mean, it was. Yeah, I think I think I was playing yeah. Pong at the time. Yeah. I, I'm just so <laughs> yeah. just so everyone has like a clear reference. Yeah. yeah so right. we would watch it on that, and then yeah. and anytime it's on. I used to watch, watch it. it. I need to watch it. But I felt like Treat Williams, like walking to the back of that C-17. Yeah. I know. And, and that was like what was playing in my head. Yeah. That's a you full know? circle was, moment. It, it was. It was like my Tracy Ullman, like my song playing in my yeah. head. I love as it. As I was walking up there. I, I think I've probably seen Body Heat more than any other movie. Because there was a period in college where you just become obsessed. Right. And you watch it every time on cable. On. Yeah. And I didn't see it on a big screen for years. And then when I finally did, it was so revelatory because people were laughing at things that I never thought yeah. was interesting. And I'm trying to think if I saw it. I may have seen it on the big screen in New yeah. York. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we weren't supposed to. Like, I'm sure it was like a rated R or PG-13 and we were, I think we may have My movie or your movie? Mine. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we must have yeah. stuck in. Yeah. 
When did you live in New York? I never even knew you lived in New York. Well, I didn't. My best friend as a kid had moved to New York, and so I would go for weeks at a time. Oh, I see. And stay with them and, like, just go to school with her. That's that, so random. That would never be allowed now. Yeah, you're just going to go to school There's, with my friends. Yeah. Hi, this is my friend. She's visiting from out of town. my mom would just, like, let me leave school. I, I, like, would you I would do li- homework and stuff? I don't remember doing... I mean, it was... <laughs> I may have. Yeah. But I remember, like, getting on to I'm going to save the school production. <laughs> yeah. I remember, getting, like, getting on a plane, like, with my Chorus Line album. Yeah. And, like, going to see Chorus Line... On Broadway. Who'd you relate to? Um, Morales. Yeah. Just because she was so rebellious. Like, and she felt nothing. Company. Yeah, she... Exactly. You know what's weird? The last time I... I used to... I remember hearing that song when I was, like, pursuing, you know, dancing and singing and stuff like right. that and being on her side. Yeah. And as an adult, I saw the show and I think I'm on the other... I think she's kind of an asshole and she should have <laughs> tried harder and she should have been the fucking ice cream cone. You know what? That's the drill, Morales. If you don't like it, if you don't feel anything... Then maybe you're in the wrong game and you need to get the fuck out. So you should do stand up. Yeah, be where a table. Do, where she doesn't have to be. Yeah. Be a, a what is it? Sports car or whatever. Be, ice yeah. cream be cone. Ice yeah, cream no, cone. that's the do, that's the drill. You be the fucking ice cream cone. Yeah, and I just am like, oh, I just, Meryl Streep can be an ice you know, cream like, cone. Like when I take yoga, yeah. I just be meditating at the yeah. end. I just go to sleep. I'm not that deep. I yeah. don't have anything to meditate. No, I'm I, thinking about shit. I just go, I just go to sleep. I'm in Shavasana. I'm thinking I, about shit. I'm processing my right, life. And that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. Because that's why I'm somewhere else. You're not. I'm not. I'm Mr. Shavasana or whatever. Right. Was that his name? I don't know. <laughs> I fucking love yoga and I love shavasana. If I had a Me, dog, I, I would it. name I love it shavasana. too, but I sleep. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. Could this podcast be like three days? We could talk. I know about forever. Wait, okay, I'll what's your other look, question? The other question is: Have you ever been starstruck? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, now, I've been around many a celebrity. Yes. Oftentimes, not knowing it because <laughs> they're in my spin class and they're sweating, gross, and yeah. disgusting. And I, I mostly find that I recognize their voice. Interesting. Um, I've been. I mean, I've been in the same room with Madonna many times. Not all that starstruck. Um, I did have a funny exchange with her. And what I was, was impressed. that like? Were, were you not there? Where was it? It was during the, the age of spin. The two was it of spin. A, was she, uh, did she come to crunch? Maybe yeah, in the was, same she, class that I would have she, been yeah, at? She was oh, in, I would she remember that. that. Class, but, but she was at a party. Remember my friend Nina? Yes. Okay, she was at the a actress. party at her house. Nina, yeah. Nina Shemashko. Yeah. yeah. And I... Um, she came to this party at Nina's one-bedroom apartment. It was one of those, like, bring-your-own-drink parties. And Madonna came in, and everybody was trying to act super cool. Like, And this is not my Star Trek, because I wasn't starstruck by her, yeah, but I wanted to meet her. This is a good her. story. It's a good story, though. And she... Like, everyone was acting too cool. They were all trying to act like they didn't know she was there. Yeah. And I hate people act like that's too cool here. So... But there was this buzz in the room. Yeah, but how do you act? What do you do? People, well, here's what I don't want to be crazy. I don't want to be too cool. And right. I don't here's what I did. Like... Because it was a really, ca- it was literally a bring your own drink party. It was not a fancy party. Oh, I think I remember this story. Right, it's, right. So I, so I wanted to meet her, and I was, I was there with John Pardee, and I, and I wanted to go up to her. I thought, well, how do you approach someone like that? And it wasn't that I was Star Trek. I just wanted to get it done. Yeah. So I remember I was thinking, John was like, well, you could just go up to her and say like. Oh, hey, Madonna, it's so great to meet you. I'm nobody. But I was like, no, that's grovelly. I don't want to be grovelly. Like, I want to meet her. She's, oh, Claire, sorry. That's okay. Like, I, I, I'm not the first person to do that. I yeah. think someone else did that. Um, <laughs> um, and and I was like, no, no, let, let's go. I, I think I'll go up to her and say, um, hi, I'm Debbie Praver. I'm a comedian and you are, right? <laughs> but I was like, no, that's stupid. Because she was looking at everybody. Like, over oh, she had these big horn room glasses on. And she was looking at people like... Um, like, I know that you know, and it would be really great if you just wouldn't. 
Yeah. And so I didn't want to approach her. But P.S. She's tiny. Yeah. I felt like a horse next to her. She could have easily been a, a Cinderella mouse. I, easily. Oh, easily. I shop at Gap Kids and she, I felt like a Clydesdale. <laughs> so, so she was standing there and I finally was like, listen, it's a bring your own drink party. I'm going to walk up to her and say, hey, Madonna, it's really great to meet you. Listen, I am making a beer run in a few minutes and everyone's pitching in. <laughs> I looked right at her and I was like, that'll be $50,000. And she laughed and we had a moment. Um, so you did it. You walked up it. to her. Did you, did you deliver it well? Because sometimes it's like, I'm going to say this and then when I get up there, I, I, I'm going to stumble over my words I, I and did fuck it up. I did because I knew it was, a, it was a, a list comedy. Like I yeah. knew it was going to land. Yeah, so you, and, and um, you, you, you nailed it. And we're in the same one bedroom yeah. beer and drink party. I, so, first so, of all, I love that she was even there. That's cool. It was, was so good. But she had like all her people around her. Was and, it 90s? Oh, uh, was it? If yeah. she was taking that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. It okay. Was, it was 90s. 90, but, magic happened in the 90s. did it? Fuck. Right? A long time ago. But, so so I didn't, that, that was all well and good. And, you know, and you and I share, we have a shared um, game show experience. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, no. What? We don't. You didn't. I didn't. I did not forget all the time that you didn't. No, you got on to be, be got, got to be on Pyramid, and I came close uh, to getting on. So many and then friends who've been got on the it. boot because I had dated the executive producer right. once. Right. So he fucked me over in the twice, twice, once the, on the date in the nineties, and once on, yes. Well, was they, a, well, I got turned away several times because they'd be like, "Do you know any celebrities?" And of course, I'm writing down names of people who I know who are real celebrities. Yeah. Who would never be on Pyramid. Right. But I would show up and there'd be like a guy from the front row of spin class and I'd be like, some guy who was on JAG. Yeah. And I didn't, I never knew he was on JAG. I'd be like, you're an actor? Yeah. And then they'd send me away. So, so they finally let me be on it. Um, this is still under the Star Tra- Starstruck Star Starstruck thing, yes, yes. Because I, um, Donny Osmond was the host. I fucking love those Osmonds. Oh, I love him so much. This is all going to lead up to my most Star Trek moment. So... You, you and I happen to be around many different celebrities in many different situations. And I wasn't really nervous. To be, I was excited to be around Donny Osmond, but I wasn't like, I wasn't going to not be able to function. So I went in and when you play Pyramid, you play the one round and then they have to check everything with legal till they play the next round. So make sure, so it takes much longer than you see on television. Oh, okay. But, so they have to check so there's everything a little and break. make sure. There's a little yeah. pause. And so Donny Osmond is standing away from the two contestants and this, and our, my celebrities were Julia Sweeney. Oh, fun. Who was really fun. But her brother had videotaped one of my first like showcases at the Cinegrill. And I was, and, and I was like, not going to say Don't say shit. I didn't say shit. And then the other guy was from Malcolm in the Middle, who played the neighbor, who played like the barista on the Ellen, um, somebody Higgins, Michael Anthony. Oh, Anthony. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Michael Anthony Higgins? It's like uh, John Henry Higgins or John Anthony. John Henry yeah, we got gotcha. so, yeah. you. So we would, they would check the thing. And so you know how Pyramid works where it's like at the last round. Oh, I know two, how Pyramid yes, works. right. So there's two categories left. And whoever's ahead goes next. Not necessarily, they could have been the, I mean, whoever's behind. Yeah. So even if you were the last person to go. You might go twice you might in go a row. twice. Okay. And so, um, Donny Osmond, I was ahead, and he said to me, he said, it's your turn. And I said, I didn't want to script the game because I was ahead. I wanted to get to the winner's circle. So I said, um, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but it's their turn. And he was like, 
oh, now you're trying to do my job? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. And I said, let me just tell you something, Mr. Osmond. I said, it's Osmond, isn't it? <laughs> I, said, um, I said, I'm not afraid of you for one second. <laughs> I said, and here's why. I said, because as much of a fan as I am, I said, I was never really a Donny Osmond girl. I said, I was a David Cassidy girl through and through. And I said, so you don't scare me. Yeah. And so he laughed. All of this is on camera? Or this is during All the break? All of this is on the break. Yeah. And then he says, um, he says, oh, you're right. You're right. I said, okay. And he laughed. And so we had the other guy go go first. And then we went and I won. And they, they you you pre-screen for a story to tell in the winner's circle. Yeah. So we got to the winner's circle. And then the executive producer comes over and he says, tell the story. And I said, the, the one I just told about David Cassidy. He said, yes, tell that in the winner's circle. So I told it in the winter circle and I said, but I added to it. I said, so I'm just saying, Donnie, that I never practiced kissing on one of your posters. I just David Cassidy through and through. And he grabbed me and dipped me and gave me a kiss. <gasps> That's right? amazing. On the lips? Yes. Came out of the dip and I said, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So... There was a time when John Pardee and I went to see David Cassidy at Tower Records to do a CD signing. Yeah, because he kept trying all those different comebacks. Yes, and um, and I know you have the, the CD, but I went with John Pardee, and I thought, oh, this is going to be so great. I can't wait to meet him. And when I got up to that counter, I was like a noodle. I couldn't <laughs> say a word to David Cassidy. I just like put my CD up there and went, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I was speechless. I, I couldn't... It was unbelievable. Yeah. So that was my moment where I was... So, you were too starstruck. It was David I Cassidy. Was, it was David Cassidy, which I don't know if you remember what you gave me for my wedding. I don't remember. Was that some kind of remix? Some kind of mix CD? No. I have it to this day. I should have brought it. I forgot. You gave me... You went to some swap meet and bought the Rolling Stone... With naked David Cassidy on the cover. Really? Yes. I'm incredible. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> wow, I don't remember that, but that's so I cool. I have it. You better. I have it. You should tweet it that is... shit. I should. Yeah. That's good. Right? He was hot. That he hair. Was... Yeah. I, I mean, I, to this day, if he, if he walked into the room, I, and he is, well, what, 82 pounds now? Yeah. I mean, I'm... And I think he's got demons. I think he's got trouble. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. He's got drinking yeah. problems. And like, yeah. I, and you know, Don Osmond, who I, who I love. And, and you've had him. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I like them both. I like them both. But like, yeah. I was able to like, you know... You could function in like, front of yeah. Like you were witty. at your best. I was. Him. I was at my best with Mr. Osmond, and you charmed I, his pants off. I did it. He laughed, and he and he even afterwards came up and told me like an off-color religious joke. That's insane. With his teeth sparkling, and I, you got a kiss and dirty jokes out of Donny Osmond, right? I know, and not a single photo. It was all like pre-iPhone, so it yeah. wasn't like you could always snap a photo, or you can't be all over it. And you and your David Cassidy moment. My David Cassidy moment, I didn't say a word. You just weren't even there I was it. like every other fan, just shoving yeah. my CD. I do have the CD autograph, though. It's the worst when you're Madonna. trying. I know. Madonna and I wasn't. And you were you shine. Like, I remember meeting Olivia Newton-John, who I'm obsessed right? with. And me and two other friends went and saw Sorted Lives when it was at Outfest. Oh, And God. she was there. And I think it was me and my friend Leslie Smith. And Richard Hoover. And we were all in the back. And we were going to go up afterwards and we're all going to have our Olivia moment. 
And um, I remember I said some bullshit to her about how I think it's so great that you're here. I don't even remember what I said. But it was me trying to, like, not make it about my... Whatever. I just... I, I was... Did you say anything to yeah, her? Yeah, but I was like, it's so great that you're here and we love... Whatever, I'm a big <laughs> fan. I don't know. I didn't... It was like your moment. I didn't I didn't I register. Like just... But my, my friend Leslie said, my sister and I used to listen to your eight tracks in our basement. And I think that was worse than what I said. Because you don't want to remind people... that, <laughs> right, that there are hundreds. There are hundreds. <laughs> <there are 100. laughs> and my friend Richard goes... <laughs> your eight tracks. My, Richard, my friend Richard goes, um, I really love that you used this so obscure song that she sang in this movie because I know it was from Gaia and it was a song that I listened to when I was coming out and it really made a difference. And he really, first of all, he hit the obscure song that she probably loves that nobody gives a shit about. And then he also tied it into the gay thing, coming out and helping right. and all this stuff. Knocked it out of the park. He had your Osmond moment. Knocked it out of the park with Olivia. Wow. And I said, that was amazing. And he's like, yeah, I made that up. <gasps> you can oh, shit up what i mean he goes yeah i like the song and everything but i already come out it wasn't really tight it wasn't i made i can he he made the, that he made it up oh Ugh. my god i was like god. i didn't know you could make shit up i'm furious still to this i'm day. furious i wasn't even there i don't even know him <laughs> yeah you made it up but yeah it is weird when you wow. finally when there is somebody and you want to you want to have a moment you want to do you remember when what? Billy Bob Thornton took spin class with us? No, I do and not. And he had that weird ass vial of blood hanging out of something with Angelina. I would have remembered that. God, you had the vial of blood in your class? Yes. And, and I went up to him. My favorite part was, I was just trying, because I, I have to go up to these people and I'd say, who's new to spin? I'd have to go up and like yeah. fit them in, into their, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. their pedals. And I would have to go up and say stuff and like handle their feet and stuff. And it was their voice. So I would hear their voice. And I was like, holy shit, I've got Billy Bob's foot in my hand. <laughs> and I, that's when I looked up to find the vial. And there it was. Yeah. Up. But I remember thinking, like, that moment of, like, I, I just, I'm around so much of it that, you know, that you kind of get used to it. Yeah, it was like, oh. You were there at Sandra Bernhardt. That class had a lot of celebrities pass through. Yeah. Sandra Bernhardt? Were you there for mm -hmm. that? I don't remember that. I was there for Nicole Kidman, but I think that was after oh. you. Oh. No. I no, had, yeah, she was there with me. Yeah, I had, I, she was right behind me and I just remember thinking, my ass is in her face for right. 45 minutes. Right. I liked her though. She was like, she wasn't um, imperial or anything. She was like down and dirty. Yeah. Like I, kind of not against her image. I think, well, we can wrap yeah. it up soon, but wow, I love the you're in the yeah. class. Like, don't forget your, your possessions. Everyone remember your right. shoes and your, Whoa. oops, I just knocked over the observation deck box. Wait, oh yeah. Um, you know, remember your shoes and your towels, your water, vials of blood, just right. make sure any of you... <laughs> That's so crazy. He had the yeah, vial of blood. He had the vial of blood. Yeah. And he spun with it. He did. A spinning vial of blood. It was yeah. like a centrifuge. You know, yeah. You with the... It was, it was crazy. Those were crazy times. Now, you're a delight. How can people find out more about you and your comedy? I know you have a DVD. I do. I have a, I have a DVD called I Wish I Was Making This Up. Yeah. Because it's, all the stories I tell are, are true. Right. And I would love for them not to be. It's just how my life has unfolded. Yeah. Um, I, um, well, I have a website, DebbiePraver.com. Yes. Right on. I'm doing all the, all the social media at Debbie Praver. I'm Debbie Praver on Facebook. And, and there's no other Debbie Praver horning no, on I'm your it. action. I mean, who else would want that name? It's, it's 
Debbie with an I-E and then yeah. Praver, P-R-A-V-E-R. And then um, I'm, I've am i ventured into the Instagram. I have a podcast, though. I'm not very regular at doing it because um, I have a six-and-a-half-year-old and, a half year old and yeah. I had to move mountains. I mean, I had to drive to Redondo Beach to pick my child up. Right now, after this? Yeah. Holy shit, Deb. I know. Look I'm, what you did for me. And my husband goes, you must really want it. I said, you have no idea. Because I was looking at the calendar and it wasn't going to get any better. Any yeah. day was going to be a circus. Yeah. Oh, that means a lot to me that so you I went out of... Like, yeah. Yeah. I had to get up at 6.30, drive to Redondo Beach, drive oh, to Burbank, shit. drive over here, drive, and I'll drive back to Redondo. And then, Fuck a duck. Oh yeah, the dogs at day camp, the kids at a play date. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's but a, you, did it, for, you did it for this. That's always loud to Jackie Clark. Like, well, you just bring him. Yeah. Okay, Jackie. <laughs> Yeah, that's that whole changing thing working out for you. I love you, Jackie. We need to get together. Um, just so that we can have a drink and laugh and laugh and laugh. Right. Um, so yeah, and I'm doing, um, I'm in, I'm in Laughlin, um, this summer. I'm at, I have some shows. If you go to my website, I will, um. I love it. Yeah, I'm out and about. And you can find me Tuesdays and Thursdays teaching Laugh Your Ass Off at Crunch and Burbank. And come do it. It'll and you know work what? your you can, butt off. You can email me at debbiepraver at gmail.com. I will put you on the guest list. So you, you can, can get a free workout. That's amazing. I love that. And I'll make you laugh while I have it. I know. And there's celebrities in my class there, too. Did Ooh. you notice that? I bet they have nice asses. Was she there that day? Was, um... There's some girl that was on a TV show She's that always, always got busted by the cops. She's always a cop. Yeah. Michelle. Yeah. Michelle Heard. Yeah, what's she from? She was on Law and Order forever. Yeah, nice. And um, her husband is big time. Yeah, um, somebody Dillahunt. Hmm. I don't know. He, um, gosh, I should know that. It's all right. Some hot guy. Oh yeah, hot. Like he was in Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. All right. So. And who's hotter than that cast? Right. I mean, come on. Slaves it's like I'm so turned on here. I can barely focus on the on the story. Jeez, right. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so you can find me. Please find me, and my podcast is Debbie Praver, the the Debbie Praver podcast. I know that's so original. No, it's good. You need what but, you need. Um, I um, I finally for the first time looked at my. I had forgotten for a long time to read my emails. Oh, yeah. this, and I have a handful of nice emails. So thank you oh, for listening. Nice. My email address is Dennis Hensley. No way, no, Dennis, Dennis anyone podcast even... at gmail and if you go to my website, DennisHensley.com, there's a newsletter that I send out uh, once in a while when I have stuff going on that you can subscribe I to. I love your newsletter. Do you? I, somebody was like, you need to pare that down. Um, it's a little busy. No, 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 no. You it's, like it's, the content? It's my portal to the outside world Okay, being good. Then I, okay, all right. Thank you. Because I think my friend that was saying that was like somebody who, he reaches out to people that kind of know him, but aren't, that are like editors of this and that who, you know what I mean? But my, yeah. the people that are into my thing want to know what's going on. Right. And I feel like, They're like we, friends of because mine. of your podcast, like I know you probably don't feel this way, but I feel like we hang out every week. I know. Because That's sweet. I listen to you all the time. You're the best. It is my lifeline. Well, I'm so happy that you did this. You'll have to come back more. We didn't, oh, yeah. there's a lot of things we didn't touch on. Oh, there's so many Like when you did the screening on. party show <gasps> for me at the village and how fun that oh, was. That was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was like 12 years ago. Yeah, oh, all of it. Anyway, time go. But like, how would you describe this time in your life? Like, cause you've been through some ups and downs and stuff like that. Or do you ever wish you were just like this a super comedy star? Or do you do you feel like yes and no? Yeah, like it's one of those things. Careful what you wish for, right? Because I feel like as much as I love going on the road and doing comedy, I feel like if if I was really like super comedy star, that I would. Um, give up a lot of the the anonymity part of it that people think they want that but 
it's really nice to, I mean, clearly the podcast, I, I have not washed my hair. I, I don't, I don't want to have that pressure. Yeah. Of <laughs> you want to be able to go to I Disneyland be, for a corn dog. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. want to be able to go to Disneyland for a corn dog. So there's that. But I would describe this period of time in my life as sort of a little Kathy Batesage from Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah. I kind of don't give a shit about some stuff. I feel like, I listen, I'm older, I have better insurance. Yeah. Like when she ran to those two girls. Yeah. I have a lot of Kathy Bates moments of like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I good. forgot. I flew with my daughter and I forgot to get gum. And I was on the plane. I stood up in a, few, a very full fuselage and just said, hey, uh, before we take off, mother of the year, forgot to get gum for the kid. If you don't want it screaming, somebody then cough up some gum. <laughs> Why does gum, does gum keep the air Because from it popping? forces them to swallow and, and produce more saliva so that they'll have to swallow. So um, I know. I didn't know that. That's a good yeah. tip. So did you get volunteers? Oh yeah, all kinds of people. But it was that moment of just standing up and going, "Yeah, hey, uh, anybody got something?" Like I was not afraid at all to just stand what up people and thought. Ask. Yeah. No, I really didn't give a shit. Yeah, it's so a good it's place. Kathy Bates. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, thank you so much for being here. We love you, Dave, Debbie Praver, and um, check out all her stuff. And um, thank you for listening to Dennis. Anyone with Dennis Hensley. Bye. Bye. Now you have to go back to Redondo Beach. No.